0: what is up guys it is quinn here and in this video i'm going to be going through my week nine of wide receiver rankings so going through the top 36 wideouts for this specific week while you guys are watching if you enjoy the content hit the like button subscribe to the channel if you have any fantasy questions you know could be trade related waiver wire doesn't have to just be start sits you can drop those down below, and I will be getting back to every single person. But before we do jump into the number one spot, I just wanna let you guys know about underdog fantasy football. If you guys want to sign up for underdog, you can use the link in the description. They will double your first deposit up to $100, and they have some you know, pretty solid weekly drafts if you wanna have you know, a fantasy team for one specific week. They also have player props. One player prop that I'm looking at this week for the Thursday night football game Is the miles sanders seven and a half receiving yards i'm looking at the under on that one seven and a half may seem like an easy number to hit but he has actually gone under that in two out of seven games the eagles are big favorites i think it's going to be a run heavy affair probably going to be limited passing volume so that's one that i'm looking at but i mean they've got props for hertz um you know aj brown devonta smith all the big names you're going to get those player props so if you guys are interested like i said link in the description Um, But let's just jump right into the rankings. So at number one here, I have Tyreek Hill. I feel like this top four is pretty locked in. Hill at one, Jefferson at two, Diggs at three, Cooper Cup at four. If Cooper Cup wasn't dealing with an ankle injury, he would be up at number one. But he missed a practice on Wednesday. So we do have some other stud wide receivers. So he does get bumped down to four. But if we're looking at uh, Cooper Cup's performances against the Buccaneers, since Todd Bowles has taken over as defensive coordinator, obviously now the head coach, but it's still like Todd Bowles defense. Cooper Cup has just absolutely torched the Buccaneers. So he's played four games. He had a game with 15 targets, nine for 121 and a touchdown. He had a 13 target game with 11 receptions for 145 yards, a 12 target game where he went nine for 96 and two touchdowns. And then the fourth and final game was, I believe the playoff game, 11 targets, nine for 183 and a touchdown. So he's basically a lock to go off. If he's playing in this game, I mean, you're starting him anyway. But if he is healthy, you should be expecting a massive performance out of Cooper Cup. At five, I have Devontae Adams. I'm not really fading away from his, you know, like illness game. I feel like it's just a fluky thing. I think he'll be, you know, back to his normal Devontae Adams self here in week nine. At number six, I have T. Higgins. I know the uh, first, you know, sample size of Higgins playing without Jamar Chase wasn't great, at least for this year. I still think he's going to bounce back. I think that was just an overall down game from the Bengals' offense. I still think he's a locked-in wide receiver one moving forward. At seven, I have A.J. Brown. The reason why I guess maybe he's a little lower than people would be expecting, I just don't think this is going to be a favorable game script for the pass catchers. He's kind of just going to have to get his work done early, which we know he can do like he did against the Steelers. I mean, the dude torched him like in that first half. So it's possible he repeats that, but I think it's also possible if he gets off to a slow start, it could just become a very run heavy affair, you know, since the uh, Texans do have one of the worst, if not the worst uh, run defense in the NFL. At eight, I have DeAndre Hopkins. And some people may argue that he should be higher. And, you know, I understand it. His first two games, he had a 14 target, 10 catch, 103 yard performance. And then he followed it up with 13 targets, 12 receptions for 159 yards and a touchdown. I will just say this is a tough matchup against the Seahawks, who have actually allowed the third fewest points per game to wide receivers. Obviously, I'm still firing up DeAndre Hopkins as a super strong play, but at this point, we're kind of just nitpicking between these elite options who are going to be in our lineups anyway. At nine, I have Amon Ross St. Brown. Finally looks like he's back. He's healthy. He's a wide receiver one rest of season. Number 10, I have Jalen Waddell. Jalen Waddell and Tyreek Hill just continue to dominate. That offense looks super strong. I think he's a great wide receiver one play. At 11, I have Mike Evans. Despite the Buccaneers overall offensive struggles, the passing volume is still there. Like the yardage numbers are still solid from Brady. So I still think Evans is going to continue to be a wide receiver one, which honestly kind of raises the question of how high a ceiling could be if they clicked. Like if we're looking at you know similar volume, but Brady's throwing two, three passing touchdowns a game, instead of you know 1 to 0 then i mean Mike Evans could be a mid-tier wide receiver one if they do figure it out back to back at 12 and 13 I've DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett both just continue to ball out both are super strong plays moving forward at 14 I've Chris Olave my guy Chris Olave continues to produce he has a very strong weekly floor but has also shown the ability to put out some boom games with the status of Michael Thomas and Jarvis Landry still pretty up in the air, I think you just continue to fire him in as a very strong wide receiver, too. 15, I have Chris Godwin. Godwin's taken a little bit of a backseat to Evans in terms of their production during these struggles. It kind of makes sense. You know, Chris Godwin is coming off that ACL, so he is probably someone who's going to be peaking in the second half of the season. But I still think with all the bye weeks this week, he's going to be a solid wide receiver, too, and a high end one at that. 16. I have Michael Pittman. I feel like people have kind of just, you know, tossed Michael Pittman aside now that Matt Ryan is not playing. I still think Pittman is going to be a strong wide receiver, too, moving forward, probably like a mid tier option rest of season. But he's not someone where I'm like going to be relegating him to like a fringe top 24 guy. He's someone I'm going to continue to fire into my lineup until, you know, he's proving that he's either not commanding a solid amount of volume or he's just not producing. At this point, I think I'm gonna continue to fire him up here at wide receiver 16. At 17, I have Jacoby Myers, and he continues to be one of the most disrespected wide receivers, both real life NFL and fantasy. I feel like people are still viewing Jacoby Myers as a wide receiver three. This dude is averaging 15.9 points per game, and that's through six games. Like, it's not some sort of crazy small sample size. 15.9 points per game. These are his six game uh, finishes, or just his overall point scores. So 10.2, 18.5, 24.1, 10, 11.4, and 21. He has a few boom weeks in there. He hasn't gone under the double digit threshold, which is crazy impressive. He's a locked in wide receiver too moving forward. At 18, I have Terry McLaurin. He's someone I talked about a decent amount in the wide receiver start set. Taylor Heineke coming in has given Terry a huge boost. He just gives McLaurin the opportunity to make plays that Carson Wentz did not. So I think he's a strong mid-tier wide receiver two option. And then at 19, I have Gabe Davis. I've seen some people in the comments kind of leaving questions like, oh, do I start Gabe Davis or this player? My general philosophy for Gabe Davis is that he either needs to be a consistent start in your lineup, or he's gonna need to be someone you trade off your team. You guys may disagree with me on this. This is just my general philosophy here with Gabe Davis. For Davis, we know he is a crazy high ceiling, crazy low floor type of play so in my mind we just have to accept that that's what we're dealing with he's like a mike williams from last year so we're playing him in our lineup we're gonna get the week where he puts up 30 we're also gonna get the week where he puts up four but when you're not starting him consistently this is what ends up happening he puts up a boom game maybe he's in your lineup maybe he's not the next week he comes out puts out a dud then you're like ah can i trust him in my lineup maybe not you sit him maybe he has another dud game you're like oh definitely not starting him. Then he has the boom week, he's on your bench, and then you start him the next week, and then he busts. That's kind of the cycle you get in if he's just not a locked-in start. So if Gabriel Davis is not someone you feel confident trusting on a week-to-week basis, he is someone I think I would be trying to trade. And I think you could probably bring in a top 20, top 18 wide receiver that you feel much more comfortable with. So I just think you know I would throw that out there because I have seen some people you know, debating on starting Gabriel Davis, if you're not someone who wants to tolerate a lot of weekly risk, which isn't like, you know, a good or bad thing, it's just, you know, everyone likes to play the game differently. If you do not like to tolerate that risk, he would be someone that I'm trying to move off of because I don't think he's gonna all of a sudden develop, you know, a crazy high floor. That's just not what his role is in this offense. Now, moving over to Christian Kirk here at 20, just a solid number two for fantasy. At 21, I have DJ Moore, Uh, Some people may think this is low. I feel like this is kind of appropriate. We've seen PJ Walker come in and just be a massive upgrade for DJ Moore in the two games with Walker as the starter. Moore has a seven for 69 and a touchdown game and then a six for 152 and a touchdown. He saw double digit targets in both of those games after only seeing double digit targets once in the first six weeks. So I think he's gonna be a locked in wide receiver two moving forward. I'm not gonna say I'm completely bought in. Like, I'm obviously going to be expecting to see some regression here, but I do think, you know, it's clear at this point. The quarterback situation now going to Walker is a massive upgrade from what he had. I think we can all agree on that. At 22, I have Tyler Boyd. I talked about it with T. Higgins. You know, the Bengals were underwhelming in their first game without Chase. I still think Boyd is going to be a solid wide receiver, too, as the Bengals, number two. At 23, I have Devonta Smith. He's in an interesting spot here, you know, going up against the Texans. Wouldn't say it's an ideal matchup for the wide receivers for the same reasons I talked about with A.J. Brown, but I still think this week with all the buys, it's like a back end wide receiver, too. 24, I have Juju. There's a lot of, you know, cooks in the kitchen in that uh, Chiefs wide receiver room, but at this point, Juju is still kind of holding those guys off. Heading into the buy, he had a few monster games in a row, so I like him here as a top 24 option. At 25, I have Alan Lazard. It's still kind of iffy on whether or not he is going to be able to suit up for this game. I think if he's fully healthy, you could probably bump him up a spot or two, but somewhere in this like fringe top 24 area, I feel like you know is fair. 26, Adam Thielen. Just seems like a safe wide receiver three this week. At 27, I have Josh Palmer. You guys may have noticed that I did not have Keenan Allen, you know, early on in these rankings. It's not even looking great that he's going to play this week, which is very, very concerning. He didn't practice and they basically came out, uh, didn't practice on Wednesday, and they basically came out and said like, yeah, the injury isn't reacting the way we expected. It's it's not good. I mean, the dude has missed an insane amount of time. He comes back, doesn't play a full game. He has the bye week and he's still not ready to go. Like, it's not great. Mike Williams, we know is going to be out. So Palmer could be stepping in as the wide receiver one. And, you know, some people may think he's just going to command a ton of volume. It could be a tough spot for him, but I think, you know, high end wide receiver three is probably where he belongs, assuming that Keenan Allen is out. And then 28, I have Curtis Samuel. You know, I think uh, McLaurin has separated himself at this point with the upgraded quarterback with Heineke, at least fantasy wise. And then 29, Rondell Moore, seeing a solid amount of snaps. He's running the clear wide receiver two routes for that offense. Tough matchup against the Seahawks but still, you know, like a flex play wide receiver three option. 30, I have Garrett Wilson. Wilson has definitely kind of become the beneficiary of a lot of the turmoil in this Jets wide receiver room. You've got Elijah Moore requesting the trade, now not, you know, playing a ton, getting out snapped by Denzel Mims, which is just wild. And then you have Corey Davis who has missed some time. So if Garrett Wilson can kind of, you know, stay as the clear cut number one, I think he does have some fantasy value. 31, we have Brandon Cooks. It looked like Cooks was going to get traded. It seems like he wanted to get traded. And then now he has, you know, missed, I believe, back-to-back practices for personal reasons. So we don't even know what's going on here with his status heading into week nine. So just a situation we'll have to monitor. And then just kind of, you know, rapid firing through these last few names. Darnell Mooney at 32. Put together some decent games. Uh, Justin Fields, you know, definitely playing a little bit better as a passer, seeing some more volume. Romeo Dobbs here at 33. We'll see what happens with Lazard. That would definitely impact his uh, you know, uh value this week. Duvernay at 34 with Rashad Bateman out. Allen Robinson at 35. If the Bucks secondary continues to be banged up, he could move up a little bit. And then sad to see Drake London all the way down here, but no volume out of the uh, Falcons offense. So he is uh, slotting in here at wide receiver 36. But that is going to wrap it up for these rankings. If you guys wanna see the running backs, those are already posted. If you guys want to sign up for Underdog, get that deposit match. Um, They'll match your first deposit up to $100. You guys can check that out in the description Um, using code Quinn if you're doing it not through the link. But thank you guys for stopping by and I will see you guys in the next one.